welcome. Special episode. They're all special, but this one is uh, familiarly special. I get to interview my sister and perhaps my brother-in-law. And uh, I want to thank the sponsors for helping to make that possible. Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Mike Stady Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, ComC, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, where Claire and Jeff both worked for a long time. I guess Jeff was there when I was there. I completely overlapped Jeff, but Claire actually stuck around. She was one of the two people that the acquirers deemed so valuable, quite a bit more valuable than me. They didn't need me to stick around, but they uh-huh. wanted Claire and Mark to stick around. So <laughs> welcome to the show. This is my sister, Claire Mano, and her uh, husband, Jeff, who will be, it will chime in a little bit. But this, anyway, welcome, Claire. I love working Thank with you. you. I miss it, but, and uh, you're, you've gone on to wonderful things as well. I miss it too. As, as do most of the Becketeers, I mean, on the blog anyway, the, the uh, company, uh, ex-Becketeers, they all talk about the good old days. Well, they were good old days. Um, yeah. The good old days you and I are going to talk about, partly today, we're going to even predate, because you were one of the very first employees, the first, probably the first full-time employee I had, and that goes back to 85? 1985, yeah. Yeah, which I'm actually going to do an episode just on all the different offices we had, but the fortuitous... Uh, selection of an office that was right next to where you were working. I had no, yes. that was the biggest bonus of that. <laughs> uh, it was but, great uh, for me too. But at any rate, that, so we go back to 85. Of course, we go back to when you were born that I was there, not in the room, but I was your, your oldest brother. Uh, but today, uh, when this episode is airing, which is, is very, very shortly now, is actually our mother's 95th birthday. And so what I want to do is, again, this is Sports Card Insights, so we're going to talk a little bit about Beckett Publications, but there wouldn't be a Beckett Publications if I were not born, and probably if you were not born, it would not have gone to such great heights, and, and we wouldn't have had so much enjoyment. A lot of that came from our parents. Uh, last year, I, I interviewed my mom and interviewed my dad on their respective birthdays, but today, as this is airing, is our mom's 95th birthday. What do you think the biggest gift that your mom, my mom, <laughs> gave to you or me in terms of when we were growing up so that we were able to do what we did? Well, I'm going to say just a commitment to the time she gave us. She stayed home and I'm sure the activities she did with you were significantly different than the one she did with me. But I just remember her spending a lot of time with me and figuring out what our interests were and then just helping us pursue those Well, that, I- together. Excellent point, because we did a lot of together stuff as a family. I was the oldest, you were the youngest of five, so we had three uh, between us. But I do think our parents encouraged us, as can this be a principle for any parent out there, is to find the giftedness or the interest of the person, of the child, of the kid, and encourage them in that. And we have our siblings, each one of us has done slightly different things. And I don't think we've been very competitive. In fact, I just think, like I've told people, you were just a huge asset that uh, you came into the company uh, very early and it's not that you could complete my sentences every time but many times you could and that was uh, <laughs> a great blessing for me one of the things i don't think that our mother is getting my i think our dad was good at this and i, I think my our mom has gotten better is delegating yeah i think we and we both take after our mom yeah. that we just rather just do it yeah and try to give complicated instructions to somebody else to do it and that don't you think that comes more from our mom i think so yeah, and it's still with me today. And Jeff and I say, not only do we not want to work for people, we don't want people to work for us. We're just enjoying doing our thing, which is very artistic. Yeah. And I think that's what she spent time with me on yeah. at an early age. She would be crafting with me and also instilling a an element of 
an enterprising element to it from the very early days of doing work and getting, not having an allowance, but doing work and getting paid a certain amount for certain tasks, almost like a schedule of what you'd get for ironing a pillowcase versus a man's shirt. But even when we started doing a lot of creative things together, I began selling those things, even as a, a young teenager. In Hawaii, we would make puka shell necklaces and then I'd sell them to stores and whatever was the fashionable thing, because she stayed very up on the fashion and the trends and what was hip. And even now she's fashionable and very with it. Our mom sound very well-rounded, which is accurate. Yes. Uh, but the other aspect that is more unusual, I think, is that our mom was really into sports. Yeah. And you of my sister's probably. And into, is really into sports. And, and is still. Yeah. Mom's still yeah. Can, can't watch the Mavs right now, but she's a, you know. Right. And probably shouldn't watch the Cowboys now, but she's a big sports fan. And encouraging. Did she, you think she had any trepidation whatsoever when I had this kind of germ of an idea and was just getting started that you as her baby you know, would come to work or she were mature young adult, but to come work for me back in 85? Did she, did she I, strongly encourage that or just say, oh, whatever? No, I think they thought it was great. They well, thought it was, great. I think they thought it was great for both of us, which is just very which, flattering. Which is true. It's but true. it was really just they thought it was great for me. <laughs> um. One of the things, again, back into the hobby is that you, as you're saying, with your puka shell necklaces and your longer burger baskets and having three boys, somehow uh, one of the main uncanny ways that you understood what uh, one of the distinctives of our company was a dealer mentality that there in any collectible field, there are collectors and there are dealers and they're not antagonistic to each other, but there's a, it's an ecosystem that needs to keep some balance. And you, I think, understood that way better than most. I'm not sure that came directly from uh, our mom, except in the sense that you got to get along and yet there's some give and take and everything. Did you see that same way? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure where that came from. I, I don't know how to tie that in with mom or dad, but that's a good question. I don't well, know that I have the answer to that. I'm just saying when you're doing, you're, you're making something and then you're selling something and you, you can't sell it for too much or too little. You always had a real sense of making fair profit. And I think our mom was always about fairness. That's true. And so it's what it be. I, I can't imagine coming to the dinner table and mom or dad talking about, oh man, I really took advantage of this customer. Did you right. hear anything like that? No, they were, I think, always looking for win win. And in our yeah. industry, the win is that dealers need to not be coddled, but they need to be given a fair shot. And so we, we really tried to do that. And I think we were largely successful with that in a tricky industry. Do you think uh, this is a, a, a put you on the spot question, but uh, when you came to the company, how what percent? I'm a percentage guy, so if there's a hundred percent, was it fifty fifty that you believed in me and believed in the product? Well, it's hard to separate that, but just saying, there, when people came in the early days, they had to believe that that this is the boss. But regardless of who the boss is, it an idea that's going to work, and it really didn't catch fire for in the first year you were there we were treading water for quite a while and you were the one that predicted it was going to uh, get to the next level. Yeah, but you could see metrics of things. I don't think at that time we were really tracking all of this on spreadsheets, but because it was just you and I and just a few people got added in, you could just anecdotally see us growing every month. We were adding people, more dealers, and we were directly speaking to the dealers and receiving the subscriber mail and all of the surveys that came in. So I think we were just so close to it, being able to be so touch everything that you felt it. So it was just a 
you could see it coming and you could feel it coming. You just feel it. Mm -hmm. You feel the energy. And I never questioned it for a minute that it wasn't going to be great. It was great. It was already great. The books were great. And it was just an extension of that. I, didn't, I don't think any of us saw it coming, how fast it was going to grow. Okay, another tricky question. Does our mom love us more or the grandkids or the great-grandkids? Maybe Maximus. Or the pets. Or the pets. <laughs> well, Definitely not the pets. Not the pets. But, but, uh, well, she's all about equity. You have, you have, you have, uh, you have uh, David, Duncan, and Tanner who were your focus group. That was another yeah. one of your secret sauces. For sure. At the company, and you had these three young boys who were extremely athletic and uh, very uh, connected in their in the neighborhood. You lived on a cul-de-sac, and they were just playing all the time. And so, you yeah, knew what they were into, and they're and they're great kids. They're well, they're not they're twenty somethings now. So they're yeah. they're they're, uh, they're 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 great young men. And I know mom, our mom delights in that. You want to see yeah. your kids do well. You want to see your grandkids do well. You want to see your great grandkids do well. And at ninety five, you have a chance to have a bunch of them. But when you were what one of your other claims to fame within our company, along with Jeff, was bringing in the non sport aspect of. Mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, Pokemon and Digimon and Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh and Neopets and even tried Beanie Babies, I think, without mm -hmm. bean products or something and different things. But how much of that do you think was, again, I'm not saying that came from our mother, but there's a craft and a non-sport aspect to it. But I think it came partly from, obviously, Jeff's insights as well, but your sons could tell yeah, you absolutely. This, this was catching on. Even for sports fans that love sports, they still were into those other uh, Japanese uh, anime-based things. Yeah, that was pretty prevalent everywhere. And the boys were in so many sports that we were changing uniforms in the car from one sport to the next. When they're at the soccer fields and at every spare moment when, or if their brother's playing and they're not, they're huddled in a little circle all around the little Game Boys. It started with those Game Boy games for Pokemon. And they're all huddling around and talking about collecting holographic shiny cards and all this. It was hard not to be a part of that. You'd have to be put your head in the sand and not be a part of that. But it definitely felt like I had a focus group at home. That's for sure. What, uh, and I did consult with them on many occasions about who was popular, what the kids were saying, all those things. They participated. Again, you had a long, great ride in our company. And again, I, I did an episode about working with the, with the family relationships. I'll tell you what, if our relationship hadn't been really good, there wouldn't have been any nepotism to worry about of all the different brother and sister. We had other brothers and sisters that worked there, other mother and son and uh, oh, yeah. father and daughter and all kinds of things. And generally it worked well. And I think that was uh, partly your amiability and, and excellence too, because it's not good to just be a fun person, which you are, but to be talented and making a, a lot of right decisions. Why don't you share with, with the, the listeners what you're doing now? And again, because it sounds like what you're doing now to me is more relatable to our mom. Yeah. Of course, I love what I was doing with you for 20 years with you and another two or so after you, but the what I'm doing now is in my wheelhouse of what my passion is. I love the business elements and the creativity I could bring to Beckett. But now um, I'm actually in the category that I love, which is, it, it harkens back to mom for sure. Jeff and I travel to primarily vintage shows. We've been to state fairs and Fort Worth Duck Show and Rodeo and dog shows and other things like that too. But we're ex we exhibit and we do, uh, I guess you could bring it into three categories. Jeff, who's an excellent artist, as, and the, the listeners would as well, is executing pet portraits for people live at the show. And they're not like caricatures. They're like charcoal paintings, watercolor. They're exquisite. 
And yeah, there's a lot of tears in our booth. This is often for deceased pets and uh, and their current pets. That's a 24-7 job for Jeff, really, uh, executing the amount of demand he has for people to do to do that. We also do a lot of hand lettering in our booth where we're finding creative items. Sometimes they're vintage items like vintage ceiling tiles. And then doing something about with their family name or something that they would choose to have written on there. And then we do a bunch of decorative stuff, many of which I make or in some way alter, upcycle or whatever. So we design a pretty elaborate booth. We just have a 20 or 30 foot booth. We have walls and gazebos and everything has to, we're traveling in a motorhome, so everything has to break down flat. All the furniture pieces and displays and everything become vintage looking gazebos. But then at the end of the day, they all break down into a little stack of flat items of ladders and shutters and old screen doors and things like that so that we could fit it into our into our rv and then then we set up for three four days and do our thing move on to the next city we travel coast to coast and we really enjoy traveling i don't think i'd want to travel without a business element involved but the combination of business and pleasure and travel seems to really suit both of us so we really love it thanks for sharing that story when you're talking about booths and you're talking about vintage you're not talking about sports cards and when you're talking about 24 7 for your amazing husband it's actually about 18 7 i think because that's <laughs> a little bit and let me just think about this one note that would apply to jeff your amazing husband as well as our mom who is also amazing and uh, but older amazing and that is that i think jeff is famous for saying you need to uh, say what you mean and do what you say and I think our mom does that. And Jeff didn't just say it, he did it. If he said he was going to do something, you could take it to the bank. And I think that same is true of our mom and her dad as well. They're, Absolutely. They're, they're Absolutely. So, and you're that way too, because you're married to it. And I'm blessed to have a wife that that does say what she says, what she means and means what she says too. And that's the better alternative. So We're thank very you fortunate. for listening. Great to catch up with my sister and look forward to another episode tomorrow with somebody perhaps not named Beckett as a maiden name. But thanks, Claire. Thanks, everybody. Be back tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. The man in the house of cards is doing all right.